May the Lord bless you all, my dear brothers and sisters, and all uh, others that are joining us in this event or this teaching and this beautiful, marvelous act that is done every Thursday to honor and glorify our God. And I greet with great affection many people who have not congregated in our church, but I know you are watching the sermons, and I greet you with affection, people from different religions or denominations, and you are more than welcome, and I congratulate you for taking the time to be with us and to join us in this live stream and for reading the Bible and singing along with us as well and honoring our God for he deserves all praise, he deserves all honor, and he deserves that we all revere and honor him for he is worthy. And so this, this is our work, this is our job to honor God, to glorify him and to desire with all of our heart that many people, many souls, many people may join us each day to honor and glorify and praise our Lord. I'm also going to greet with affection all of the youth that is facing a process of rehabilitation of drugs. I know there are many young men and women who are in institutions in facilities going through rehab and I know God is the one who works the miracle and they too are with us and hopefully in this moment they have tuned in and I greet you with affection and I congratulate you and I wish with all my heart that God be with you that God changes you gives you joy gives you peace and that you may know what it is to be free and what it is to have peace joy and harmony and what it is to have the desire to continue living life. For God is the only one that gives all of these manifestations. All of this is given by God. And I also greet with affection all the people who are deprived of their freedom. A greeting to you because I also know there are many that are watching the teachings through the internet. And a greeting to you all. And I congratulate you. Continue forward. Continue listening. And, and obtain a Bible and read it and you will see how the Lord will give you freedom, how he will bless you and God will work a miracle in your life so that you no longer are there in those places and in that situation and very well. And today we will be singing to the Lord a hymn so you all may have a seat and you may get comfortable in your place. And those who have a hymnal book, let us open our hymnal books in hymn number three. Hymn number three, titled, There Shall Be Showers of Blessing. Those who do not have a hymnal book will please accompany us in singing. And you too, set your heart to sing to the Lord, to sing to our God. And so we will sing hymn number three, There Shall Be Showers of Blessing. There shall be showers of blessing. This is the promise of love. There shall be seasons refreshing sent from the Savior above. Shall 
source of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead, there shall be showers of blessing. Precious reviving again Over the hills and the valleys Sound of abundance of rain Showers of blessing Showers of blessing we need Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead, there shall be showers of blessing. Send them upon us, O Lord. Grant to us now a refreshing. Come and now honor thy word. Showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. There shall be showers of blessing. Oh, that day they might fall. Now as to God we're confessing. Now as on Jesus we call. Showers of blessing. Showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. Glory to our God. All praises be to the Lord. And we give thanks to the Lord for once again we are here to reflect on his holy word and to learn the doctrine of the Lord. Because this is why we gather. We gather on Thursdays and on Sundays, on Wednesdays with the brother Carlos Alberto, and also with the reflections on Mondays and Tuesdays. And all of this is to learn doctrine and to honor and glorify our God, to give God the first place. Someone asks, and what is giving God the first place? I think he has the answer. And so, brothers and sisters, let us not pretend to be so ignorant in the word of God. What is it to give the first place to something or to someone? We give the first place, meaning that person comes first. That circumstance comes first before everything else. And so when you say that God is to be given the first place, it means that we, our heart, we first give God thanks every day we open our eyes. Another day for us. And for God, time does not exist. It does for us. And we say, thank you, Lord. Today, I'm going to do my work, my studies, my chores. 
I will take the time, Lord, to reflect on you, to pray, and to praise the Lord. That is giving God the first place, to think of the Lord, that it is God first and then everything else. Family, and then our husbands, or wives, or children, our brothers and sisters, our family. But God comes first. He must be honored. He is that first thing. And sometimes there are people who want things. They say, I want to do this. I want that. Take the time out. For me, why should you devote yourself to that church or to God? So a person says, oh, you're right. I need to dedicate time to my family, to my wife or husband. I'm going to dedicate time to them because I'm reading the Bible and I go to church and I don't dedicate enough time to them. So I'm going to listen to my family. I'm going to dedicate time to be with them and make them happy. Now that's a circumstance in which we say, we are not giving God the first place. And in other aspects as well, not just when your family tells you, pick or choose, is it your church and God or me? And so a person who loves God says, well, God is first, and then my family, and then it's you. God is first and he must be honored. This means giving God the first place. If you have a business, then you say, well, first I'm going to take time out for God and then I will go out to work and do my business. If you have a, a company, maybe a small business, then you say, okay, I'm going to glorify God, glorify him, and then I will devote myself to my work, to my employees, and what I'm going to carry out and sell. And then you begin to think of everything else, but first you gave time to God. And for example, if you throughout the week are not able to go to, to the church to pray, to praise the Lord because the circumstances, they hinder you from going on a Sunday. And so for you, the time should first be for God. And then you take the time to go travel, to eat, to be with your family, with your children. That. That is what it means to give God the first place. I love God, and I take time to read the Bible, to pray to Him, and God is first in my life before anything else in the world, before my mother, my father, before my children, before my family, before my business and other commitments. God is in the first place, so to Him I give what He deserves, and then I do everything else. And so this is giving the first place to the Lord. And so now you've learned, especially those people who ask and write to me and ask these types of questions. And very well, today we will be reflecting on a phrase that always comes up in the Bible, which is the early rain and the latter rain. And in some verses of the Bible that say, Lord, send that early and that latter rain. And the Lord, he sent the rain. The Lord, send your rain, that early rain, and send that latter rain. We need it. And well, we see that rain is very important. As the sun is important and the air that we breathe, as well as all of the different elements of nature are important, rain is important for it gives life. It is what gives life. For it is water. That gives life to nature, to plants, to the animals and human beings. So, rain is God's blessing. 
Of all of the blessings of God, rain is an element that is a blessing from God. And here in the Bible, for the Lord to illustrate the spiritual blessings that he would give to men and women who do God's will, the Lord, he compares rain. He was comparing rain to those spiritual blessings God would give people. Now, God was comparing and saying, just as nature, the earth, and all of you need that physical rain that falls from the clouds, likewise, I will give to you spiritual rain, that early and latter rain. Why that early and latter rain? Well, rain, especially the farmers who, are, who know this phenomenon, they, when they plant whatever it may be, wheat, corn, rice, whatever product, when they plant it, they, they know in what month it needs to be planted. And then they know when it will rain. They know how much water that crop that they just planted needs, those seeds that they've planted, they know in what time it will rain so that it waters that seed and it bears good fruit. They know this. And this is why there are times in some places there are people who plant and that they dedicate their money to planting. And it turns out it didn't rain in the time it needed to rain. It didn't rain. And, and so the farmers, they say, oh no, this time we'll go bankrupt because it didn't rain and we lost all our crops. And so there are no fruits. We have not been able to harvest. We've wasted the money that we invested and people are worried. And so this is that matter with rain and that, that early rain and also the farmers, they expect maybe short rain, maybe just a week or so that it will rain. And that's called an early rain. But then after that come the heavy rains and it waters all of the earth. It waters all of the fruits and people then prosper because they are harvesting good fruits. They have good sales that they can market, that they bring to the cities and distribute. And so the farmers feel happy for they had their early and latter rain. But there are times when it's summer and they say, well, this summer has stricken us and it didn't rain and we lost our crops. And so in the spiritual sense, it is the same. The Lord says, just as I give you that physical rain, that early and latter rain in your spiritual life, you also need that spiritual rain, the early and the latter for your souls. They need life. They need to be refreshed. They need to have the Holy Spirit. And that rain that the Lord was referencing was the Holy Spirit that he would send in due time. He would send the Holy Spirit. And so that early and latter rain, in the, as we read the verses, we observe the early and latter rain, but spiritually speaking, and what they are. So that after this, we will have such a desire of asking the Lord for that rain, of asking the Lord for those spiritual blessings, the baptism with the Holy Spirit and the spiritual gifts and the manifestation of God with His Spirit with us in our midst. Very well. Now let us open our Bibles in Deuteronomy. He promised the physical rain promised by the Lord 
and he promised it to Moses, and not just him, but other people in the Bible before Moses. He promised that he would lead them to the land of Canaan, a land that would produce honey and milk, and it would be a very fruitful land, and it would never lack that early and latter rain. That was a promise he made to the people of Israel in the time of antiquity. Now, we know as the people of Israel failed and sinned, God removed those blessings, and instead of sending the early and latter rain to the people of Israel there in the land of Canaan, what the Lord did was he created the land into a desert, and many times it did not rain. They lacked rain, and there was a lot of dryness and droughts. People had shortage, and it was very difficult in that time in the land of Canaan. And so the promise that God had spoken that in the land of Canaan, it was a land that flowed with milk and honey, and that that early and latter rain would never lack. Now here in Verse 14 of chapter 11, Deuteronomy, the Lord was speaking to Moses and he tells him, the earth or the land which you cross over to possess, meaning the land of Canaan, is a land of hills and valleys which drinks water from the rain of heaven. So it is a land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. Now this is the promise that the Lord would be sending him that rain of heaven so that the land would be very fruitful. Now we know, and I share with you, this this did not happen. Now if we read the whole story, we read Kings and Chronicles, we read Samuel, Judges, we find the shortage. We find the the dry, deserted land where it didn't rain and they had to pray and ask the Lord for rain because people were dying of thirst. There was nothing to eat or drink because of their sin. And so we, in this beautiful promise God makes Moses concerning the land of Canaan, as they failed and God did not fulfill that physical promise of giving them abundance and blessing them, the Lord then said, in the future, it will happen in those latter days. Those who will come in those latter days in the future, those that will be present, they will enjoy that early and latter rain, but spiritually. I will give it to them spiritually. And in Psalm 65, here in Psalm 65, verse number 10, it says here in the psalm, now the psalmist tells the Lord in his song, now it's the psalmist here is David, he sings, he prophesies before the Lord. He is inspired by the Spirit of God singing and speaking all of these spiritual things. And he says to God, you visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain, for so you have prepared it. You water its ridges abundantly. You settle its furrows. You make it soft with showers. You bless its growth. And it says, you crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. 
Now it says they drop on the pastures of the wilderness and the little hills rejoice on every side because of that rain and that river of God that is there. And it is raining upon that land to produce. But here, when the psalmist is singing this, he is not saying this physically. What he is doing is giving a prophecy where it says that he sends the rain. But as the Lord was more interested in that spiritual rain, when he visits that land, he's really speaking of a man or a woman that follow the Lord and keep his commandments. They are that land that needs that water or those rivers. And this is why the Lord says that there will be great progress, great abundance and fruit in that land, meaning in those hearts, they will produce. For it is speaking of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the midst of men and women who believe in the Lord and who will follow him and they will bear many fruits for our God. And so that is what the Lord wanted, the land of Canaan to bear so much fruit. And so the Lord, he wants human beings that follow him and seek him to enjoy these great blessings and bear these beautiful fruits. And so this water, this land here that apparently seems physical, but it is symbolic. It is spiritual. What truly would happen in the future, what he would give in the future, because the spiritual is what truly counts. The physical does not count, because the physical things with time, they come to an end. They are destroyed. Everything has an end, but the spiritual continues on forever until eternity. And so we find that the Lord gives that rain, that water to the hearts of men and women. And in Psalm 84, verse 6, in verse 5, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart, meaning in the heart of this man or woman, they are set on the path of our Lord, and it says here, set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, so as they go through tribulations in their life, the Lord, he changes this valley of tears and desolation. He turns it into springs of water. He says, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. And so these men and these women who have God in their heart, it says they go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. And so we find that God is speaking symbolically in symbolic terms. It is not necessarily speaking of the physical things, but speaking of a spiritual sense that this water had or this river that was watering the land or watering the hearts of those who follow the path of our God. And so we see the glorious blessings God gives. For it says that this man is blessed because the path of this man or woman who seeks God in their heart, they are set on pilgrimage and following the Lord. And this is why God gives abundance. This is why God, it says here, that it makes the, the rain covers it with pools. So this person progresses in their spiritual life. And this is why they go from strength to strength.
they progress, they have power. And as they grow, they have more power, more strength they have of God. They have many virtues, qualities. God will use them to work miracles and great signs and deeds. He will use them to preach His Word and to pray for the sick and to work many marvels on earth, in the world, before the eyes of many people, observing what God does and what God gives to these men and women that are followers of God, those who follow the path of our Lord. And so, God is providing that water, that early rain and that latter rain, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. This is why it says that they will see God in Zion, meaning they will convert and become the church of our Lord Jesus Christ because Zion is the church of God. And it says these men and women that will go from strength to strength so they will acquire even more strength later on. They are the church. They are that Zion that God speaks so much about. And so this is a great blessing that we should ask our Lord for. We should ask that early and latter rain and that the Lord may never lack in sending us this rain. And we will understand every time we read in the Bible these words of that early and latter rain, we know they are the blessings of our God. It is that spiritual rain, the spiritual gifts. It is the manifestation of God in spirit with people, with human beings, with those who open their heart to Him. In Isaiah, let us go to Isaiah after Psalms. Isaiah 44, verse 3. Isaiah 44, verse 3, following Psalms. Now, the prophet Isaiah, in his prophecy, it says in verse 2, Thus says the Lord who made you and formed you from the womb, who will help you. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant. Meaning, he here was speaking to Jerusalem to the tribe of Judah, because from the tribe of Judah would come our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior. And this is why he says, Fear not, O Jacob, my servant. It is just as saying, Do not fear Jerusalem, because Jacob, through him, our Lord Jesus Christ came. And there, in the spiritual sense, Jerusalem Yes, the Lord manifested himself physically in Jerusalem, but that physical Jerusalem then becomes a spiritual Jerusalem because that spiritual Jerusalem in Zion, all symbolically, is the church of Christ. The followers, the believers, who make up, who are made up of men and women from all over the world that will convert to the Lord, they will be the church. They will be that spiritual Jerusalem or that spiritual Zion. Let us remember, we've read that it says our Lord Jesus Christ told the Samaritan women, the time will come where here in Jerusalem nor there in Samaria will you worship God because God is spirit and he must be worshiped in spirit and truth. So neither here or there will the temple be and God will be manifesting himself. God will manifest in the hearts of men and women that will believe in him and will keep his commandments. And so this is why the Lord says, do not fear my J Jacob, my servant, and you, Jeshurun, whom I've chosen, for I will pour, verse 3, which is the key verse here, for I will pour water 
on him who is thirsty. Thirsty is something dry. It's a dry land. It's dry and it says in floods on the dry ground. Again, thirsty and dry ground, they are the same thing. It says, I will pour my spirit. I will pour my spirit on your descendants. But what are the descendants or who are the descendants? The believers in the true gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is, or those are the descendants, those who would go on to believe in the true gospel, those that would be attentive and listen to the kingdom of heaven. And our Lord Jesus Christ says, come and listen. The kingdom of heaven is likened to this and that. The kingdom of heaven has drawn near. And so the Lord Jesus Christ was preaching and manifesting himself with miracles and signs and preaching the kingdom of heaven. And so those people who converted to the Lord, starting with the apostles and from there on until this day, till this day, those who've converted to our God and are keeping the commandments and not sinning, but doing God's will, they are the descendants of Christ. They are the church of Christ. This is why in the verse it says, Fear not, O Jacob, spiritually, it's Jerusalem, do not fear, Jacob, because I will pour water on those hearts that are deserted. I will pour my spirit, I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. They will spring up among the grass like willows by the watercourses. So this, the Lord, is symbolizing people, the followers of the true gospel of Jesus Christ. They, they are those that will enjoy this rain or showers of blessings or this early and latter rain. And so the Lord says, upon your descendants, because that previous generation, those that were led by the law of Moses, they did not triumph. They lost and they were defeated in their spiritual life and God cast them out. And so the new generation, the followers of Jesus Christ, they are the descendants and the offspring. That's what verse 3 says. Now we move on to Ezekiel after Isaiah is Jeremiah, the Lamentations, and then Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 34. Ezekiel 34, verse 26, which says, Now this is also a prophecy from the prophet Ezekiel, prophesying for the future, for the latter days, the Lord says, I will, I will start reading some two verses back. Verse 24, And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them. It says, I, the Lord, have spoken. And once again, the Lord says, I will be their God and my servant David, which is Jesus Christ, in, our, in their midst. It says, I have spoken and I will make a covenant of peace with them. Now this covenant was completed on the cross of Calvary. It was made on the cross of Calvary. And it says, 
and cause wild beasts to cease from the land, meaning I will change the hearts of men because men and women had behaviors or attitudes like animals, like beasts, and the Lord would change them once that rain arrived to their hearts. Once the Holy Spirit came and dwelled with these people, he would change them. And so this person no longer would have the heart of a beast, but now would be humble and lowly, changed a new man, a new woman. Just as when the Lord Jesus Christ told Nicodemus, when Nicodemus said, Lord, what should I do to earn eternal life? Well, you must be born again. You must be born again. And so he asked, well, how can we return back into our mother's womb? No, you don't need to enter the womb again and be born physically again. But believe in my word, believe in my preaching, Jesus Christ said, and you will see, I will make of you a new man. I will give you a new heart, a pure heart without sin, without spot. I will give to you. I, from you will spring a fountain of life to that will be eternal. And so this is why it says, I will cease, will cause wild beasts to cease from the land and they will dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. And now this is just speaking of people because people couldn't bear one another because of their sins, their grudges, their vengeance, all of these things. And the Lord with his gospel, he works the miracles, changes people, changes them because those showers, that rain has arrived to their hearts, waters that spring to eternal life. And so this causes a person to have a new heart and they change their attitude, their bad way of living, and they live a holy life. And so the Lord says in verse 26, I will make them. Now I will make them and the places all around my hill a blessing. Now here, of course, He's speaking of the blessings he would give to these beasts, but they are not physical beasts. They are, again, the people, their hearts. The Lord would work the miracle and change them. I will make them and the places all around my hill a blessing, and I will cause showers to come down in their season, meaning I will have the Holy Spirit descend in time, and there shall be showers of blessing. Then the trees of the field, which also deals with people, it says the, the trees of the field shall yield their fruit and the earth shall yield her increase. Everyone must bear fruit because this is the work of the Holy Spirit in the hearts of men and women that convert to the Lord and that keep his word and do his will. And so how beautiful these showers are, how beautiful it is this early and latter rain. And we continue in Hosea. Here, in, after Daniel, after Ezekiel, you'll find Hosea, Hosea, in chapter 6, after Daniel, is Hosea, in chapter 6, verse 3, which says, well, we'll start in verse 1, come. So let us return to the Lord, meaning let us return to God. Let us convert to him for he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up, meaning he has punished, but he will forgive us because if we believe in our Lord Jesus Christ, he will forgive us and we will return back to the Lord once again. Now, this is what these people were saying. And even us today 
Who thought we didn't have an opportunity, but we do. God has given us an opportunity through Jesus Christ to have our sins forgiven. And he may make of us men and women that are holy without sin. This is what the Lord does. And in verse 2, after two days, he will revive us. He will revive us, meaning give us eternal life. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. Yes, our Lord Jesus Christ, in order to give life and to forgive sins and to give eternal life to all those who, who had already fallen short from God's glory, he had to die and he resurrected on the third day. And so this is why it says he will revive us. He will revive us because he died and on the third day he resurrected. And then we receive the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And truly, we are enjoying that early and latter rain. We are rejoicing because our Lord Jesus Christ, from the time he left and ascended into heaven, he said he would send his Holy Spirit. And he truly sent it. He sent it. And the first manifestation of that early and latter rain was the day of Pentecost. When they were gathered together in Jerusalem, 120, the apostles were there, women and even Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, was present. They were all praying, and it says the Holy Spirit came, and they were baptized. They began to prophesy and work miracles and signs, and God began to manifest himself, and God sent his rain, showers, that early and latter rain. For those two showers are needed, the manifestation of God. And so how beautiful it is that he gives that early and latter rain to the earth or to the hearts of men and women. Now let us go to Zechariah chapter 10 verse 1. So now we have another reason to pray to God and ask him to give us always that early and latter rain that the Lord may manifest himself in our hearts. In Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 10, verse 1, now the prophet Zechariah says, and he advises all people, and he says, Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. The Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. Now, when he says, ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain, it was speaking of the future, those latter days with the manifestation of Christ. The Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone, meaning in the hearts of every man and every woman. And the Lord would be manifesting himself, and so this occurred. For after all of these prophecies, it was when John the Baptist appeared preaching and telling people, prepare yourself for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And John the Baptist baptized in the Jordan River. And when people, men and women, would come to be baptized, he would say, I baptize you in water. But after me comes someone who will baptize you with fire with the Holy Spirit, meaning that shower, that latter rain 
was approaching. He said, who comes after me comes he who will baptize with fire. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is that latter rain and that early rain. It's the manifestation of God that was manifested. The Spirit of God manifested with the prophets, manifested with Moses in the time of antiquity. And the Lord also manifested himself to the people of Israel. And that latter rain, the latter rain that the Lord said, I will send my Spirit. I'm leaving, but I will not leave you orphans. Here on this earth, I will send the Holy Spirit and He will remain with you and He will teach you. He will guide you. He, the Holy Spirit will be with you always. This is that latter rain. And so on the day of Pentecost, that latter rain is manifested. They all begin to speak in other tongues and languages and they all begin to prophesy and the manifestation of the spiritual gifts. And so this latter rain was manifested. That latter rain, even to this day, we have it, and we must ask the Lord for it. Ask the Lord. It says, ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. The Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain. So at every heart, he will turn into a grass in the field green grass that is showered by that water and will always bear fruits. That is how the heart of a man and woman that is watered by that rain, that the Holy Spirit is in the heart. And so this person will bear fruits, fruits of blessing. They will have qualities, virtues, values. They will do good things, upright, righteous things, for this is what that early and latter rain does. It transforms the hearts of people. And in Acts, let us now move on to the New Testament. Or before then, I'm going to read in Zechariah 14, 14, 17. We were here in Zechariah. I'll read to you chapter 14, 17. And it shall be that whichever of the families of the earth do not come up to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, on them there will be no rain. Now, this verse that says that the families of the earth, for Zechariah, is prophesying now for the time of our Lord Jesus Christ, for the time of the church of our God. And it says the families of the earth that do not come up to Jerusalem, meaning, now this is not the physical Jerusalem, but that heavenly spiritual Jerusalem, which is that spiritual Jerusalem, it is men and women who've converted to God and have the Holy Spirit. They are that spiritual Jerusalem, that heavenly Jerusalem. And it says, so all those who do not believe, who do not join this Jerusalem to worship God in spirit and truth, to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, in spirit and truth, it says, on them there will be no rain. So for those who do not believe, who do not believe in the Lord, those who do not believe in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, it says there will be no rain for them. There will be no blessings from God. And so, men and women in the world, if you want to receive blessings from God in your life, material and spiritual blessings of all sorts, believe, accept the true gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is Jesus Christ is God, is the Son of God. He is the Messiah, the one who came. He's already come, the Messiah. Believe in him. Follow his footsteps so that he may 
fill you with that early and latter rain. And he may fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit and the spiritual gifts. And if you do not believe and do not do this, well, then upon you, there will never be blessings from God. Even if you say that you belong to a certain religion or the most important religion of the world or the religion that occupies the number one place in the world or the religion that has had such a long tradition or the whatever religion that people qualify as the best and are occupying the first places, even if you say that, if you are not following the true gospel of our Lord Jesus, then showers will not come upon you. The Holy Spirit will not come upon you. And without the Holy Spirit, you are nothing. You are no one before, the, before God. For the Lord wants everyone to receive that early and latter rain, to receive the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, to receive that power from God, those gifts, and to be led by the Spirit of God. And now we move on to Acts. Let us go to Acts chapter 14, 17. Acts 14, 17. This is in the New Testament. Apostle Paul was evangelizing in a place called Iconium. And many Jews came to hear his sermons. And there were many Gentiles, Jews and Gentiles, all came together to listen to Apostle Paul. But he was persecuted during that time. He was persecuted to be stoned. But nevertheless, it says, the Apostle here, in verse 16, now he was preaching to them and speaking of the living God and speaking of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here in, there was a group of people, they were praying and they were working miracles and signs and the Holy Spirit was working signs through Paul and along with the other apostles. It says the town, a town here called Lystra. There was a certain man, they were all listening when they wanted to worship and sort of have an altar for Paul for all of the miracles that they were seeing. So Paul opposed himself and he said, no, we're human beings. You don't need to worship us or honor us. It is God who must be honored and praised for he is spirit and he must be praised in spirit. We simply are spokesmen of the word of God. And so when they heard that they were going to create an altar to honor them, Paul was opposed and told them not to do this. He said, convert rather to a living God. Verse 15, men, why are you doing these things? We also are men with the same nature as you and preach to you that you should turn from these useless things, meaning these idols, because they worship many idols. Turn from these useless things to the living God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all things that are in them. So convert to this living God who in bygone generations allowed all nations to walk in their own ways, meaning God gave freedom and allowed people to walk in their own ways. Verse 17, Nevertheless, he did not leave himself without witness in that he did good 
gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. They here were testifying that they had received the Holy Spirit and the Lord was giving rain from heaven and now these were fruitful seasons, meaning in that moment of the preaching of the gospel and they wanted to make known to them concerning this matter of this great blessing that God had given to them and that he would continue to give to other people who convert to the Lord. So now we go to Joel. Now let us go to Joel to speak of that early and latter rain. Joel is in the Old Te in the Old Testament before Daniel. There's Hosea, Joel, and we will be discussing the prophecy that our Lord he used the prophet Joel to prophesy for those latter days, those last days, or the future. Now here in Joel chapter 2, we will be reading starting from verse 12 to verse 29. So the prophecy that Joel spoke, speaking for the future, and those latter days, or the time of the manifestation of our Lord Jesus Christ, and it says, Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So the Lord was inviting people. The Lord was making an invitation. And he was saying, or he, who was he speaking these things to? Well, those that would be in the time of our Lord Jesus Christ. All of those who would be there on out with Jesus Christ meaning also after Christ. So for them was this invitation. And to repent. Who? Who, to, who should repent? The remnant. The group of people who God had set aside so that through that remnant, our Lord Jesus Christ would come through. And so our Lord wanted to give an opportunity to them as well to listen to the gospel of the Lord, the good tidings, His word, and for them to convert, for God wanted to give them a blessing as well. So the Lord, he spoke to the remnant just as he did with the others who were listening to the gospel of the Lord and told them to repent, convert with all your heart. Verse 13, so rend your heart and not your garments. Now, why did the Lord said, rend your heart and not your garments? Well, for the, in the time of antiquity, when a man felt he was a sinner or failed God, he was sad and wanted to repent, so they would tear their clothing and they would put cloth or sackcloth on themselves and ashes so that everyone else could see that they were mourning, that they were sad and they were repenting before God. So they would tear their clothes. And the Lord, he said, in the future, in the time of Jesus Christ, no one needs to tear their clothing or rend their clothing. No one needs to place ashes upon themselves or be, or in, be in a sackcloth. What you need to do is rend your heart. 
It's a, so again, so rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. So you see the Lord, he does punish, but it does hurt him to punish us. So this is why we ought not to allow the Lord to punish us. Let us not give the Lord motives to punish us. Verse 14, who knows if he will turn and relent, meaning if you repent as the Lord has mercy and he is hurt in punishing us, maybe the Lord will relent and not punish you. And it says, and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet, verse 15, blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly. Now this, these were feasts, so fasting or the trumpet or blowing the trumpets. These, this is what they did to ask for forgiveness. Now here in the spiritual sense, to blow the trumpet in Zion, it's those believers, the, the people that were listening to the word of God, those who listened to Christ and even to this day, who listen to the gospel, the true gospel and word of our Lord, people will convert because the Holy Spirit comes to the hearts of people and moves them. And so the person converts and repents and seeks the Lord. And so the Lord says, be happy, blow the trumpet, for God is forgiving. You are repenting. Verse 16, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and nursing babes. Let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. So everyone come out and listen to the word of the kingdom of heaven. Come listen to the word of our God, the true gospel. Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ, the son of God. Jesus Christ is God. He sends those showers of blessing. He sends the Holy Spirit. He sends the spiritual gifts. He gives the spiritual gifts. There is prophecy. There are visions and dreams in congregations. All of this is what the Lord is saying, that they should all assemble and all gather together and enjoy this early and latter rain so that all, all may be as one, as one man glorifying God. Verse 17. Let the priests who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, Spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach, that the nations should rule over them. Why should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? And so the Lord says, Repent, so that no one needs to mock you. But to all I will protect and bless. I forgive and give you the Holy Spirit to dwell among you all. And with all the other nations, they will no longer mock you asking you, where is your God? Because he is a living God that speaks and there's prophecy and there are spiritual gifts. God works miracles and signs. No one should question that. And so you must repent. You must be a good example, bear a good testimony, live an upright life. Verse 18, Then the Lord will be zealous for his land and pity his people. So the Lord will forgive. He will forgive his people. The Lord will answer and say to his people, Behold, I will send you grain. 
I will send you grain. Grain meaning that bread, which is Jesus Christ, his word, his doctrine, and new wine and oil. So that's the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ shed on the cross of Calvary to forgive sins. And that oil is the presence of the Holy Spirit to anoint us all and fill us with his Holy Spirit. This is what the Lord would send. He said, I send you grain and new wine and oil, and you will be satisfied by them. Meaning you will be blessed by God. God will dwell among you all. And I will no longer make you a reproach among the nations. Meaning the Lord will never allow his children to be put to shame. Because they have repented and are living a holy life. And God is giving them that early and latter rain, which is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And so no one will no longer mock anyone but on the contrary what they will do is admire they will admire the church the congregation people will say in that church people have of god in that church people seek god they are honorable they're honest we must trust those people this is what the rest of people will say about the believers of the congregation of our god verse 20 but I will remove far from you the northern army and will drive them away into a barren and desolate land, meaning the enemies, with his face toward the eastern sea and his back toward the western sea. His stench will come up and his foul odor will rise because he has done monstrous things. Now in that time, the Lord sent many foreign nations to rise against the people of Israel to destroy their remnant and along the way he would also destroy the future people that would convert to Jesus Christ so the Lord is saying that he would be also punishing them and in verse 21 fear not O land meaning be joyful be glad the hearts of men and women be glad and rejoice for the Lord has done marvelous things now, now do not be afraid you beasts of the field they are not those physical animals they are people why did he say or treat them as animals because they were behaving like an animal they were going about doing what they thought best and they were not keeping the commandments of our Lord so our God when he when he admonishes them he says come repent I give you new life this is why the Lord would call them beasts of the field. Repent, seek me, observe, observe the doctrine, pay attention to me, I want to bless you. So the Lord says, do not be afraid, you beasts of the field, for the open pastures are springing up, and the tree bears its fruit, the fig tree and the vine yield their strength, meaning there would be abundance. But it was the spiritual abundance in the hearts of men and women that are thirsty for God, the word of God. When our Lord Jesus Christ appeared on earth, it says all the people were sad because the Lord had not sent any more prophets. There were no prophets, there were no dreams, there were no visions, there, were no pro there was no prophecy. There was no manifestation from God and they were all sad and they said, God has forgotten us. But when John the Baptist appeared and Jesus Christ, they were all joyful and glad. The people all together were happy, not the rebellious or those governors or leaders of the people because they were those who did not believe in the Lord, but the humble people, those who were poor, those that were lowly and simple, they were those who opened their ears to hear the word of God, and they were those that converted to the Lord. So they are all these people. They are those trees that were bear their fruit. 
They are those open pastures, those fig trees. The Lord compares them to those trees and with nature itself. The Lord compares people with nature. Verse 23, be glad then, you children of Zion. Children of Zion is the church, those that would convert and who would enter to enjoy those spiritual blessings. So he says, be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain faithfully, former rain meaning the early rain, and he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain, meaning the early rain, and the latter rain in the first month. So the Lord was making the promise to this remnant. The Lord was making the promise and to all of those who would be listening to the word of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. They would be believing in the manifestation of the Messiah, the King. And so the Lord says that He will cause that rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain. And so this happened. We read it in Acts. When the day of Pentecost, the Lord sent His showers of blessing, His manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And from that day, even to this day, it has remained. The Holy Spirit is manifesting Himself in the hearts of men and women that accept the Lord, believe in Him, and seek Him wholeheartedly, and seek Him in spirit. And it says here, 24, this is the prophecy, the threshing floors shall be full of wheat. Now, the threshing floors are the hearts of people, and they would be filled with God, and the vat shall overflow with new wine and oil. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. Now the Lord, my great army which I sent among you, now the Lord was telling the remnant, that there had come many nations, the Syrians, Assyrians, the Egyptians, those from Babylon, the Chaldeans, all of them came against the people of Israel. It says, the great army which I sent among you, and it was to destroy them. But it says, I will restore you. I will restore my remnant. The Lord was speaking to that group, the remnant that he saved. The Lord saved them. How? I always repeat the same thing. The Lord saved them because they were taken to Babylon as captives. They spent there 70 years. Then they returned to Jerusalem. And after that, 430 years passed in which the Lord did not manifest until John the Baptist arrived and our Lord Jesus Christ. So the remnant and all others, all other people began to convert to the Lord and God restored them as his prophecy here is spoken, and it said he would no longer no longer allow any nations to rise against them, to harm them, because the kingdom of God would become a spiritual kingdom. It was no longer physical as before. It would now become a spiritual kingdom, the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ, his church and his believers. Now in verse 26, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. Now this is the spiritual Israel, not the physical Israel. This Israel is that Israel that converted along with that remnant that came from Babylon. And from that remnant, John the Baptist was born. From the remnant, our Lord Jesus Christ was born. And from those families, they, they begin to preach and more people convert. They are those where it says 
that you will know that in the midst that, that you will know that I am in the midst of Israel, for this is a spiritual Israel. And I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame, and it shall come to pass. So after John the Baptist and Jesus Christ, they begin to preach and do their work. And first, he keeps the law of Moses to then abolish it and then dies on the cross of Calvary and resurrects on the third day. Then he ascends into heaven and sends the Holy Spirit, which is that former uh, or that early and latter reign. And he sends the Holy Spirit upon the people who have converted. Here is the promise. And it says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, meaning on all human beings, men and women. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, men and women, not just Jews, not just Israelites, but also Gentiles. This is what it means that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. He would pour his spirit upon Gentiles, foreigners, upon Jews, upon Israelites, upon all those who will believe in Jesus Christ in our Lord as the Son of God, as the one who was sent by God and the Messiah, and believe in his true gospel and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit to believe in the early and latter reign. And it says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And it says, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And so the way that God speaks through prophecy, dreams, and visions, God speaks. He speaks through these three different ways. God is manifesting himself, the Holy Spirit manifesting himself in men and women. Starting when? From the time our Lord ascended into the heavens. And then he sent the Holy Spirit on that day of Pentecost. Even to this day, the Holy Spirit is manifesting himself. And we can say, we have that latter rain. We have this latter rain. This is why I invite all people, I invite you all to enjoy this latter rain. That you may enjoy the presence of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit may come to your life, to your heart, may deliver you. And you may speak in other tongues. You may be freed and have those spiritual gifts. But for that, God must make a change of life in you. For you must follow a change. An, a life without sin. Keeping the commandments of God. Keeping the word of the Lord. And so God will begin to give these showers to people. And people will begin to live a holy life. They begin to be perfected little by little. Just as there's a psalm that they will go from strength to strength. This is what happens in the lives or in the hearts of people that convert to the Lord, that convert to the true gospel, for this is the true path. There is no other path. I know of many religions, and they are unaware. They criticize and they cast down the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if they do this, they are in nothing. They are in nothing and they are wasting their time because God is not watching them. God is not listening. God will not bless them. And 
much less will he give them eternal life. And so make an effort in believing and accepting. And it also says, and I also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So that early rain and that latter rain, that is the only truth, the only path. If you do not believe, if you do not accept, if you have more religions and beliefs, and you say you are moved by energy, you are moved by supernatural forces and that nature itself is God, well, then you are mistaken. You are mistaken. And there are thousands of religions, but among those thousands, the only true religion is that which it is believed and accepted that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He is God and is the Savior and the King, the precursor, the only mediator between God and men. It is the only way. It is the only way, and he is the only one that sends this early and latter rain. And if you do not enjoy this rain or these showers, meaning the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, then you are mistaken in the path that you are leading. You are mistaken. And so if you are noble and humble, well, then you will ask God, and you will say to him, God, or Lord, or however you want to call him, Creator, I, I want you to show me the path. I want you to tell me what I ought to do to earn eternal life. Or what should I do to be happy in this world? Because I feel alone. Because there are so many things that happen to human beings, there are people that go crazy. There are people who are not mentally sane. There are people that are disturbed by evil spirits. And so, what do you think about that? What is that? It means that there are things that are supernatural that exist. And as there are supernatural things that exist, and we as human beings, we cannot forbid or avoid or resolve, it means we must think that if those things exist, well, then that superior being that governs us, that created us and formed us exists. And he is teaching us his way. There are many religions that don't believe in the Bible, and this is very sad because then their children and their children's children grow up without that knowledge. And I've heard people say, I didn't know the Bible existed. I didn't know God existed. I was never taught that God existed. That is very sad to, peop to hear people say these things because people can say that the Bible is a lie or it was written by men. They can say that, but the Bible was written by men that were inspired by the Spirit of God. Because these men were enjoying this early and latter rain. And aside, all of the scriptures that are here, we are living them in our own reality. We are enjoying them. 
And it says here in those last days that they shall prophesy, I will pour my spirit on all flesh. They shall prophesy, have dreams and visions. And we've seen this. We've experienced it in reality. If God did not exist, well, then we would not be speaking of this book and saying that what is written here is true. And so I maybe perhaps don't have the words to convince you if you don't believe or if you doubt or if you say God does not exist. But what I can tell you is if any given day you cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, I want you to show me if you are true, if you exist, then show me. Why don't you show yourself? I want to know you. I want to know that you are true, that you are a reality, that you exist. Show me. And if you show me, then I will follow you. I will praise you. I will believe in you. And I will devote myself in preaching your name and your existence. And do that, not out of pride. And, and don't do it as a challenge to God. You cannot challenge God. Do so with humility. Do it because you want to know and because you want to be happy. And as you want to be happy, seek your happiness and be sincere and speak to God with sincerity and with humbleness of heart. But you must seek that early and louder rain and God will give it to you if you are humble. And so now let us rise and let us pray. And we will pray and there are many people that are suffering of spirits and they're disturbed by witchcraft and sorcery. And please, as we do not have an opportunity to be in the congregation and in the church to lay on hands, in your homes then, so in your home or in your apartment, in whatever floor you live on, if you live with three people, if you live with your husband and your child, or if you live with your mother and your two sisters, whoever lives in this place, among yourselves, and if you are knowledgeable of God, then lay hands there. I don't know why I am, I'm always misinterpreted. I don't know why they misinterpret and say, oh, okay, well then now we have to go to our neighbor's house. No, do not call your neighbor. Do not call the other family to come and congregate with you. What I'm saying is those that are new, because also those that are well-established in church who are mature, they misinterpret as well. Please, this is not for the brothers and sisters who have been in the church for years because you should have maturity and you know what you should do. I'm teaching people that are newcomers, people that are new, who do not have so much knowledge or spiritual maturity, that in your home where you live, that you lay on hands, lay on hands and do so believing. Okay, and you say, I don't have the early or latter rain yet, but I will lay hands upon my loved one because they can't sleep well. The spirits are disturbing them. There's a lot of disturbance of evil spirits and people and children and the elderly and they can't sleep. They can't live a normal life. And so this becomes chaotic to live in the home with them. And there are small homes and so people are cramped. And so lay on hands and ask the Lord, Lord, have mercy. I don't have the Holy Spirit. I don't have the spiritual gifts. And I'm even unaware of how this works. But I will pray and lay on hands and ask you to work the miracle and deliver 
and deliver my, my family member here who is being persecuted by spirits, by witchcraft, sorcery. Deliver, Lord, and have mercy. This can be done. And do that. And do that because of the simple fact that we are not able to be in the congregation where you used to receive laying on of hands. So you, yourself, in your home, you can do this. You can pray and lay on hands. And also, the brothers and sisters, you now know, the teaching will come to you, and each of you will act according to your maturity and knowledge. And so, we must teach... And it is impossible for me to specify and to say, okay, and this family can do this, and that family can't do that, and the others can't. That's, that's impossible to do. I teach, and those who are mature, you accept the teaching according to your maturity and practice things accordingly. Those that are new and, and recent to the church, most of all, the teaching I give to you on how you ought to do things so that the Lord may act and have mercy of you all because there are many that are sick and we must pray and ask the Lord. Now concerning divorce, there are many divorces. There are many men that while being in church and knowing the things of God, now they have fallen out of love, no longer love their wives and are asking for a divorce. Okay, the only thing I say we cannot fall into the hands of a living God. I say this because they tell me both people go to church and now he doesn't want to be married anymore and is asking for the divorce. Or vice versa, she doesn't want to be married anymore and is asking for a divorce. And the children are suffering. The children suffer. And how is it possible that you've let yourself be beat by the devil? And remember, falling into the hands of God is very hard. And so I think... Rather, let us conquer and win over the heart of the Lord. Why don't we live our life pleasing God? Let us please Him with our marriage and with the stability in our homes and our marriages and to bear and have patience and speak, have conversations and talk about our, our flaws. You have this flaw or you need to change this. But pray to God and ask Him. Do not think that this is so simple and it's like going to a place and buying a pair of shoes and okay, I didn't like them so I threw them out and I'm going to buy another pair. But you can do that, but the consequences after, God will charge. God will harshly charge for this because the first thing that he will take away is happiness. The happiness of a person who does this. And so I do advise that rather than acting hastily and saying, we're going to get a divorce, we're going to separate, it is better to kneel down and ask the Lord to help you. And so, don't you love God? Are you not loving God? You love yourself then, because those who love themselves seek their own pleasure. We must love God. We must please Him, for He is the only one that gives us true happiness. You man that is leaving because you've fallen in love with another person, or you woman, you're leaving because you've fallen in love with another person, know that you will have pleasure for some time, and then God will take that away, that pleasure away, and will you will end up with bitterness, and you will cry, you will weep, you will probably cry tears of blood. That's what the Lord does, and especially to those who have knowledge of the Word of God. This is what I advise to be very careful. Pray to God. Humble yourselves before God so that He helps you and you are able to recover that which the devil is trying 
to break. The devil is there in the midst of families trying to break them apart and pray. It is important to pray and to recognize and please God because we must please him in all things. Give God the first place. And what does it mean to give God the first place? Do not say, I have fallen out of love and I'm loving another person. No. First is God. And so I want to please God and pleasing God is being with my wife or with my husband, being with them. That is pleasing God. God first. And then I will be with this person because God is first in order to please God. But if I do the opposite and I please myself, well, then I get a divorce. I do something else. And so you are not giving God the first place. And so may God have mercy of all of us. May God have mercy of all of you, that he may give you strength so that you can bear all of these burdens and all of the situations we're facing. And may God take away all depression. May he take away all, all these depressing thoughts that many people are experiencing. Let us pray to the Lord, all of you. Pray to God. Ask the Lord, and express to him your difficulty. Let us ask the Lord for mercy. O Heavenly Father, O Holy Father, O Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, we are before you in this moment. And observe how many thousands of people in this moment are tuning in, and we are all joined, listening to your word, listening to the reflection of the doctrine and of your name, of your glorious name, and speaking of you in your existence. Holy Father, help us, Lord, and extend your hand and deliver. Deliver all those that are in chains, that are bound by ties and chains. The devil has them imprisoned. They're prisoners to destroy the evil work to destroy the witchcraft and sorcery. All of these unclean spirits that are in the bodies of people, Lord, have mercy and rebuke these unclean spirits. Destroy the work of the enemy. Destroy this wicked work. Lord, help us. Help us, Holy Father. Help each person. And look upon each man, each woman, each child, each elderly man or woman, every baby. Observe them even from the womb and observe the needs and extend your hand and may you work miracles and signs. May you deliver, heal, cleanse, and take away any curses for you've promised, you, Lord, have promised to give blessings. And each person is waiting for your blessing. Each person awaits your manifestation. O oh, blessed God, may our prayers not be null, that our prayers not be cast away. But Lord, may you act. Lord, act in every heart and every life. You are power. And there is nothing impossible for you. You are merciful. You are love. All blessings, great blessings, my Lord. Great blessings, great blessings our Lord will give. 
Great deliverance the Lord will grant progress and prosperity. There are changes, changes that are fruitful, prosperity and progress, triumph is coming, and do not be discouraged or be disheartened. Do not worry or be full of anxiousness. Do not be saddened, for I will remove any misunderstandings. I will take away sadness and bitterness and fear. I will take away depression and pride and haughtiness. I will take away hypocrisy. I will take away all the evil that the enemy has forged in the life of many. For the enemy wants to cause many to stray and lead them to perdition, but I will be cleansing, I will be removing all evil. I will be cleansing all wounds, and I will be giving progress, and I will give deliverance and blessings and healings, prosperity. I will give money to many, the money that they need. I will give that progress. And you must humble yourselves and pray. You must open your heart and love the truth. Follow what is good and follow all kindness, humbleness, simpleness. For I will make many changes. I will take away sadness and bitterness. I will take away and remove this this trying time, I will remove and destroy the day that is least expected. I will remove it, but you must continue forward and be valiant because the devil wants to cause many to stray and wants to destroy many and lead them to that eternal fire. But I will bless and I will, will cleanse, pray, and continue forward. I will be manifesting myself in each person. I will be showing and guiding I will be giving visions and dreams to many, and I will be guiding in the path and will be cleansing, cleansing hearts and breaking those chains of slavery. And so progress and blessings are on the way to each person. Be strong, be firm, and seek what is spiritual. And do not have any anxiousness. Pray and cry out, for I will listen to the prayers. Very soon, I will be manifesting myself and be giving many blessings, and I will fulfill my promises. Great blessings. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. You are mighty. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Eternal God. And Lord, just as you've promised blessings for all, I know, Lord, that to each person you will lay your hands upon them and you will deliver them and you will heal them. And there are many brothers and sisters that are hospitalized, Lord, and they are sick. You will heal them and you will give them opportunities in life so that they may bear more fruits before your presence. Thank you, my Father, in the glorious name of Jesus Christ, your beloved Son, the glory and the honor be for you now and evermore. Glory to the Lord. We will be singing chorus number 95 titled, I am a debtor. To the source that are lost, I'm a debtor to the souls that are lost. To the souls that are lost, I'm a 
debtor to the souls that are lost. Sleepless nights for them I spend now. Here I am, Lord, at your beck and call. Sleepless nights for them I spend now. Here I am, Lord, at your beck and call. To the souls that are lost, I'm a debtor to the souls that are lost. To the souls that are lost, I'm a debtor to the souls that are lost. Sleepless nights for them I spend now. Here I am, Lord, at your beck and call. Sleepless nights for them I spend now. Here I am, Lord, at your beck and call. Bless and praise is the name of our Lord. And thanks be to our God for today and for the blessings and his beautiful promises. May God bless you all greatly. I send you many hugs and many kisses, and I love you in the Lord. Thank you.